DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're going to flip things around here in the 9 o'clock hour. We've got a... Yak, what would you say the percentage chance is now? It's still 50-50 50-50? All right. Our best. We've got a Joe Ingles target time of yes. 9.30. We'll see. Yak is just hesitant. Yak, you're sweating bullets in there. You're sweating this Well, out. there are weeks that I'm like, okay, I'm pretty bullish on we're going to get him. Yeah. Today's not one of those weeks. Oh, really? Okay. I just, I, I'm with but you. But you tracked this, and I thought he probably missed two or three times. No. I know he, he doesn't miss... He doesn't miss once a year, no. so I went for basically once every yeah. other year. No, he's missed once in once. six years. Oh, the drama. 53 minutes to keep the streak alive. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, recap everything we've been talking about in this show now and get the 9 o'clock listeners up to speed. So if we have Joe, uh, if we got Joe, then we'll be all set. Uh, the Jazz have been the big topic of the morning, PK, kicking off a three-game road trip. You don't really expect a team to sweep a road trip, but when it's only three games, not four or five, and when all three teams have losing records, it's a bizarro travel schedule going Chicago to Orlando to New Orleans, a mix of east and west and north and south, whatever. But they, are, they just aren't good teams. And for the Jazz, uh, I was, Locke was talking about how they weren't going to be favored in these other games, according to 538. That Orlando, oh, screw that. Orlando doesn't have a good record, but they're, good at, they're good at home at 10-7. and seven. I think they won the game that they normally lose already. I think Mitchell and Bogdanovich have big games at some point on this trip. Neither one of them had a big game last night. Nobody on the team scored 20 points. It was the bench that turned heads for me early in the game, and I thought really gave them control of the game and helped them weather that storm. Because the, the guys, the, the finishing five didn't really close it that Well, they did. They closed in the last two minutes, but they gave up an 11-2 run before they closed it. It was you the just bench. coined a new phrase. I like that. The, the finishing, finishing five. five. Yeah, I know. It's just, the finishing five. Because people yeah. are making a big deal about what's going to happen to the starting lineup when Conley comes back. I don't think it's a big decision. I think Mike Conley's going in the starting lineup. I don't know that he'll be among the five closing. That'll the depend on five. how he plays and how the other guys play. And I would rather be in the finishing five than in the starting five. Didn't you belong to 3-H in high school or something? The fetch and finishing five? No, it was 4-H. Head, heart, hands, and health. All you folks who grew up in the country. That's what the 4-H's stand for. Why are you laughing? You're going up the Don't country. laugh at my childhood. <laughs> and Why not? I laugh at your adulthood. Well, that's different. Morgan, Grantsville, hello. So I got a Escalante for Escalante 4-H, I want to talk 4-H with you. I got a question for Yuck. Yuck. Who, who downgrades his team's chances of winning more, Locke or Sniggy? Lock or Sniggy? Yeah. Oh, that's Sniggy in that one. I thought you were going to go with Scotty or, or DJ, but. I mean, he's like, he's got them losing every game that San Jose State's ever played. That's I mean, not they're, true. They're 0 and 5,000. The only two games you thought they win were against Cal, Cal Poly. Cal Poly, and they, and they lost them both. Cal Poly SLO, <laughs> baby. That's SOL. SOL, sorry. SOL, you're right. When you've seen them lose to Eastern Illinois, you're scarred. That's all I can when say. Did fi- when did 538 become, well, the, the, they've got them. They've got them. They're not favored. 538 says they're not favored. They're not supposed to win. So okay, they win. So it's the greatest thing ever. 538 says they're not favored. I mean, who gives a rats you know what about 538? One thing, PK. Locke did text me after that interview and said that the 538 projections have Orlando at 62% in favor of the Jazz winning there, but the game... Wait, so Orla- so the Jazz have a 62% chance of winning? Winning in Orlando was Well, the then they're the favorite. But that said that changed during the interview. And that, <laughs> it changed during the interview. Hey, I'm just telling you what he passed along to me. Oh, come on. Right, right, Tony. Hey, breaking gonna, news, man. 
Yeah. Play the sounder. Yeah, <laughs> breaking news. We haven't played the sounder. We need to play that. We need some breaking news. We need to play the sounder. Maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a coaching hire in the middle of the show. We had a coaching fire just a little bit ago. Jason Garrett, though, that was like a nope. Oh, who got whacked? All drinks. Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State out after two years. Who? Breaking news. Mississippi State has fired their football coach, and the Jazz are 62% favorites in Orlando. Those are your headlines. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, they should be able to beat Orlando. I don't care what 547 says. I agree with that. I, I, it's weird. Now, they've won 9 out of 10. As you pointed out, anytime you can win 9 out of 10, that's great. But they don't play a team with a winning record until January 20th. And I think they've made a couple significant upgrades to the bench here. It's weird how everything has come together. But they made the Clarkson deal. They let Jeff Green go. They switched the backup centers. And Moutier seems to be getting a little better all the time. I don't think he's made any big step forward, but it's just slower and steadier. And Niang, as Locke pointed out, who knew he'd performed this well at the four, but they've given him a bigger role and it's worked. And so all of a sudden, the bench has gone from being a weakness. It's not even a push. They, I think they're starting to be a strength. Certainly they were a strength in Chicago, and we'll see how often they can do that because, you know, it's consistency and being able to repeat it night after night and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. but, but the thing is, I expect yeah. Mitchell and Bogdanovich to do it, and they've already had a game on the road where they didn't have a big night. They were below their averages. They won the game anyway. I don't think they're going to go out and have three straight bad games, so... The question in my mind is, are they going to roll all the way till January 20th? And I know I'm taking them eight at a time, and you're not supposed to do that. I can't help it. I've got even better breaking news. Minnesota is hiring Mike Sanford Jr. as offensive coordinator, and obviously he was the offensive coordinator at Utah State. That comes to you by Pete Thamel. Pete! Pete! So now, what's Utah State going to do? It'd be interesting that uh, if Gary looks towards BYU and my my dear friend Aaron Roderick. Really? And what will Aaron Roderick do if he does? I don't know that. I haven't spoken to either guy whatsoever, so I have no insight. I'm not saying I've been told this or that. But under the theory you hire people you know, even if that's just a guess and a shot in the dark, you're, yeah. you're not, it's not 100% guess. It's a little bit educated. You know how coaching works. You hire oh, people, I can you tell you that Matt Wells wanted to hire Aaron Roderick yeah. as a receivers coach back uh, a, a couple years ago. So, yeah, and 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 uh, Gary has a better relationship there with uh, a tighter relationship with Aaron. No, I have no idea if that is even a possibility. It's just a name that came to mind, and so I'm putting it out there. So there's something possibly there but either way utah state will be looking for a new offensive coordinator now gary has gained some experience he's been in this business a long time and he's moved around i think he's settled now i think he he'll tell you his wife said we're not moving again so he's got no problem making that public but nevertheless he did go back to obviously wisconsin and oregon state so uh, he's got some context there and yeah and, and I would think that, that that's a nice job, no matter what, even if you don't have any any personal relationship that if you were looking to move up or maybe even move on from whatever position you're at, you would uh, be 
interested in that job if Gary's oh, interested in you. I, you know, and I think that uh, there's probably people like wrinkling their nose, but you that's here. I, I, I wonder if Utah State has more respect other places than they have here, because here there are people listening to us who remember Utah State sucking for decades at a time, but it's different now. It's 100% different now. The league, changing leagues, getting into the Mountain West, that changes things. The facilities they built, those are huge game changers. And you just have to look at the last two years. You don't have to take anybody's opinion. Just look at the last two years. You just have a coordinator jump into the Big Ten, and last year you had a head coach jumping to the Big 12 and taking multiple guys with him when he went. So obviously it's a good gig and it's a launching pad. And obviously people in other leagues respect what's going on there. How else do you explain the coaching moves the last two years? Man, that was a double obviously. Yes, I think it's that obvious. (laughs) All caps. (laughs) I should shout it. It's obvious. I'm using caps. I'm tweeting in all caps. How do I argue if you're going to just violate the code and go to double dog dare without single dog dare? <laughs> That's true. I'm just doubling down. I'm pushing yeah. all my chips to the middle of the table like Fossil did with the Giants years ago. Uh, I mean, you went just the two obviously's. Thank you. I can't you. argue. There's nothing more I can say, obviously. Exactly. Which is good because I'm losing my voice. Yeah, it was good. It was really bad at seven. It was better at eight, but it does sound like it's tailing off a little bit. On the other hand, if Joe Ingles is here at 9.30, as Yach says there's a 50-50 chance of, if he is, then that'll take the pressure off you because in a segment with an interview, you know, you, there are fewer sentences, there's fewer words. There's less pressure on your voice. Well, that's like getting Mike Conley back. He'll take the pressure off. You know, you'll have another uh, entry point that you can use to be even better. Yeah. See, oh, that's, man. that's the interesting thing. And we just had a promo here, and, the, and I don't know who it was in the interview, who was getting interviewed, but they were talking about, I can't really buy in the jazz till I see him with Conley because I thought that was, was Chris a good Mannix. Part of it. it was Chris Mannix. Yeah. Okay. And I get that take. That takes, you know, not a crazy take. But without getting a lot from Conley and getting nothing from him the last few weeks because he's been hurt except for, what, three quarters of a game. Uh, this team looks like it's on about a 55-win pace. Two more wins. If they win the next two games, then they'd be 24-12, and 12, and that would be right about a 55-56 win pace. So they're almost there now, oh, wait, wait. and they haven't seen best-case Mike Conley yet. How do you expect them to win the next two games? They've got Orlando, yeah, and they've, they've, they've got like a, a 2,000% winning percentage at home, according to Locke. <laughs> and then seven. New Orleans, which is on fire. They've, New Orleans is playing the best ball since Chuck Robinson and Pete Maravich were doing their thing. Okay, nice pull on the names. That was good. But <laughs> you're not getting me to answer for Locke. I don't know why Locke thinks that. I think they ought to win. I think I think Donovan's going to have a 30-point game here. You are Locke when it comes to I'm your not. teams. Yes, you are. Oh, well, that's different. <laughs> you're talking about. Well, San Diego State. See, for those of you who don't know, PK's still mad about something I said yesterday. Not mad. Irritated about something I said yesterday. <laughs> Because I think Utah State's got a good chance of beating San Diego State. Well, that's true. Of course you do. Because San Diego State isn't going to go undefeated through the year. And when they lose, has got a good chance to beat. When they lose, I haven't been following the Foothillers like I used to. Uh, When they lose, it'll probably be on the road against a good team in one of the games at elevation Air Force, Utah State, Wyoming, CSU, going to those places. They've had issues over the years, like a lot of teams have. Listen to them break it down. Yeah. Doesn't, Doesn't it just. It's a new year, but aren't you still as crazy as you have ever been with him? 
he listen to what he does. He breaks it down. You throw out something that you don't give a crap. He gives you a ten minute detailed explanation. Yeah, I thought about it. Two things about DJ is that his team will never win a game, and your team, if they win any game, it's no big deal because he told you they were going to no, win. That's not quite right. You're ninety. You're ninety percent there. Here's the part I'm you got to tweak to be spot on. There. No, you aren't. You are not. You are not. My, my body's team, going, but my mind is my, still sharp as a tack. My team will win games, but when they get right to the edge of the big prize, no. that's when they tie their your team together. loses the spring game but also wins it because it's inner squad but you only acknowledge the losing portion of it that's not true you pick the you pick the red team but the black team won i'm not worried about san diego state <laughs> going to the ncaa tournament i just feel like when they're about to go to the sweet 16 that's when the whole house of cards comes crumbling down and they're not going undefeated it'd be great if they did i think that'd be sensational but they're not going right to do now that. so now i'm worried about where no, they'll lose scott may Bobby Wilkerson and Kent Benson are worried about the Aztecs going undefeated. And if the Aztecs should lose, they will pop champagne. (laughs) Those are the 76 Hoosiers, the last undefeated team in college basketball. And it was 43 years ago, and a lot of you don't know that. But... There it is. The 76 Hoosiers and the 72 Miami Dolphins. There they are. In 76, that's the first year I had the Big Ten Network, so I watched every one of their games. <laughs> just making stuff up now. <laughs> it's totally random. It's totally random. It's the truth. I got my my mother got me cable, and I had the Big Ten Network. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom got you cable to watch TBS and WGS. <laughs> In the Big Ten Network. Who was doing that? Somebody was breaking that down for me about the Cubs and the Braves the other day. Uh, it was a weird. I think I was in San Antonio. I think I was killing time, but I can't remember who I was talking to. And somebody started getting into that. I remember thinking, what are we doing at a bowl game? Talking about baseball from the 80s. Anyway, it's totally weird. I'm not the only one who's random out there. <laughs> I'm telling you, my body's breaking down now. I got scabs all over it. My knees hurt. My hips. My hips. I got bed sores. But the mind is still as sharp as a tack. Scabs all over and bed sores. What is wrong with you? I don't. I'm I'm getting old, man. What can I tell you? I hit 70 last month, and and this is what happens. You're not 70. The mind, but the mind is still there. There it is. The mind, sharp as a tack. Sharp as a tack. All right. Other stuff we talked about, because we're knocking this segment out of segment early in case uh, the 50-50 comes through and Joe Ingles shows up. I I thought you were going to go more like 60-40-70-30. Just the fact you had an update. It's not a... Oh, they just don't like to promise. No, it's smart. See, it's PR people. They promise no. low. They deliver high. You know what they're doing. Joe Ingles' interview is his Aztecs and his jazz. <laughs> ah, thank you. <laughs> and you just avoid this by not having any teams. Except for Me? ASU. Who's just going to go 500? <laughs> well, this would... They, they, yeah, eight and five with a freshman. Eight and five with a freshman quarterback. Are you not energized about next year, even though they're losing Nino Benjamin? And I know he's a... He's, Obviously a good player and a big part of the deal. We don't need no stinking Eno Benjamin. We got the number one running back out of Ohio, and yep. we just got this not-a-kid out of Folsom. Sweet. I mean, Folsom, let me tell you, when he runs for 200 yards against the Utes next year, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be Folsom Blues. <laughs> okay. 
The other thing we talked about, NFL playoffs. Here we go. 12 teams in, four buys, eight of them going this weekend. AFC game Saturday. NFC games are on Sunday. The Patriots, does the dynasty end here? They are a three-seed playing on Wild Card Weekend for the first time in a decade. They, although they have the better record, they are not the hot team. Titans switch quarterbacks. They go to Tannehill. They're 7-3 and in their last 10. The Patriots started 8-0. And went four and four in the second half of the season, lost three of the last five games. And all they had to do is get one stop against Miami, and they would have had a bye. And they couldn't do it with three and a half minutes left in the regular season. Gave up the touchdown, and now they got to play this weekend. Does the dream die here? Are the Titans going to go in and shock the Patriots, PK? I would say no. You're probably right, but it's trending very poorly, and usually one or two road teams break through. We make a big deal out of home field advantage, but at least one, maybe two road teams break through. The road team that is favored is Seattle going into Philly. Seattle's got a better record. They're 11-5. and Philly's 9-7 and and stumbled through the terrible NFC East. And I think Seattle, I think you've got to pick Seattle as one of the teams to win on the road. I don't. I know Philly's had playoff success, but Wentz hasn't had it. Foles had. Seattle's got the better team record-wise. Why not go with Seattle? Unless they can't run the ball. They ran it a little bit against the Niners. If you can run on the Niners, I mean, they have a great rushing attack. I know, but obviously they've been battered with injuries. There. Sure. The Cinderella story, the feel-good story, the Buffalo Bills. Haven't won a playoff game since 95. Can they win in Houston? They've only beaten one team with a winning record. That was Tennessee before the quarterback change. They're still going with Mariota before they went to Tannehill. So Tennessee wasn't really, although they finished 9-7, and they weren't, they didn't have a winning record then. Can the Bills do it? My guess is no, they can't. Which is sad because I would prefer they did. Yeah, but I mean, does, doesn't it seem like Houston has this situation every year and yes. then loses? Yes. Uh, didn't Cincinnati go in there a couple times and take them down? The great Andy Dalton. Uh, Minnesota's at New Orleans. And if, man, if I've got confidence in anybody at home, it's Drew Brees and the Saints in the dome with the place going crazy. And Cousins, he. He takes a lot of heat for not winning the big games. He beats the bad teams. He beats the mediocre teams. But his record against the good teams just isn't good. It's a lousy record. Wow, so yeah. I assume the Saints, I think of the four games, that's the one I have the most confidence in. If, if I went confidence points here, you'd put, the, uh, you'd put the four points on the Saints. I mean, obviously, Carl Ellis are walking through that door. Nice. Good job. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That is uh, all the stuff we have been talking about during this show, plus some silliness and nonsense from PK and what is left of his voice. And it is brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. The Utah Jazz taking down the Chicago Bulls. We're hoping to hear from Joe Ingles in a few minutes. 
We'll see how it goes. Yak has termed it 50-50. The holiday, the road trip, the flight, the game, all conspiring against us here at the end of the week. We'll see if uh, we hear from Joe here in the final half hour. Uh, PK, just to reset for the people who uh, didn't hear, uh, we had the All-Star talk earlier this morning. Got a lot of people... uh, the first round of All-Star voting came out, so I think that kind of pushed it to the front of everybody's uh, mind here. And you got a theory. I think that the All-Star game often rewards offense over defense. I think that's why Rudy's been left out the last couple of years. And now with Donovan Mitchell bouncing around 25 points a game, I think last night dropped him to 24-9, but whatever. He's basically 25 points a game, 13th in the league, I think 8th or 9th in the West. And they usually reward scores. I think he's going to get in. But you think Rudy's the one who's more likely to get in? I do for a couple of reasons. Because I think you got to pay your dues. And Donovan is younger. Clearly, Donovan, in 10 years from now, will look back and have many all-star appearances. And Rudy, basically, he just missed. It's like a Hall of Fame voting. You move, unless you're you know dirt cheater and you get in on the first ballot or somebody like that, you're going to move up the ballot a little bit. You'll get more percentages each year. And Rudy, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, if these coaches have any credibility, assuming he's not voted in the starting lineup, if they have any credibility, they want to talk about defense. Well, who's better at the defense and protecting the rim than Gobert? And Mitchell, you can get scores, but you can't get, not, not to blow off scores, and I'm not blowing off Mitchell by any stretch, but I think it's Rudy's time. I actually think if Mitchell was 26 and Gobert was 23, it would be reversed. But because Gobert is only me of the turn 27, I have to double-check that. But the fact is, he's been on the verge, and I think he's playing better than ever. I mean, it is so entertaining to watch him protect that rim area and it's all it's it's moving out too it's not just a rim anymore it's not right under the basket and with this team losing favors they're not nearly as good as a rebounding team and it seems like he's gobbling up 50 percent of the rebounds i know that's not true but it just seemed like it and his value to the team is just incredible as is with mitchell but i just think that he's next on the list and if he didn't get named this year it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. He, he must be in. And then if they have room for Mitchell, great. And then Mitchell's time will come in the next year or two. I assume that the Lakers, Clippers, and Nuggets are each going to have – or excuse me, start again. I assume the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Rockets are each going to have two All-Stars. And I think the Nuggets, the Mavericks, and the Jazz will each have one. And that will be nine for the top six teams. Now, the other three, uh, Damian Lillard in Portland, I think, has a good shot. Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota has a good shot. Uh, In Phoenix, maybe Booker. But I think that second jazz guy is competing with those guys to get in. Um, I think a bunch of teams are going to get shut out. Uh, Warriors, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Kings. I don't. I don't think anybody comes out of that. Group. Right now, Portland's seven games under five hundred. You're going to put an All Star in. So, so right. And so, if Lillard gets left out, then I think the Jazz's chance of getting two guys in, and the Jazz can help themselves. They're they're twenty two and twelve. They just got ten games over five hundred. One thing that's worked against Rudy the last couple of years is the Jazz have gotten off the slow starts and have been a five hundred ish team and a hyper competitive West. Well, Steph Curry usually gets a spot. He's not going to this year. He's hurt. Clay Thompson usually gets a spot. He's hurt. Kevin Durant's been getting a spot, but he's in the East and he's hurt. So there's spots opening up, and they're ten games over five hundred now. They could be at 15 games over 500 pretty quickly here, and and maybe they'll maybe they'll go beyond that. The better the record gets, then the better the chance they have of getting two guys in. 
And now Yach has reached over and picked up the phone. Well, what do you know? Right at the last second, all dramatic and everything. Guess who's showing up, PK? Joe Ingles. There it is. Money. The Iron Man. The streak continues. Road games, airplane trips, holidays. They're complicating, but nothing stops Joe. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? We're doing well. How are you? Fantastic. Welcome to 2020, Joe. Way to kick it off with a win. It was, right? Um... I just, you know, think about the thing that you said when it's a lot easier and a lot more fun when we win before I come on. And so yep. that's what we, like I said, we've talked about pre-game before and we'll continue to do that. I figured you brought it up during the timeout in the third quarter. I thought that's where the game really changed. I actually was anticipating a big third quarter. This happened back in the Stockton Malone era when they were really good and went to the NBA Finals. They te- seemed to take a measure of a team in the first half. And they might be up by four or five, but they would drop the hammer in the third quarter. They would have adjusted to whatever new thing the other team had cooked up that they hadn't really prepped for and they'd adjust to that and they'd figure it out and they dropped the hammer in the third quarter. And I've seen you guys doing that quite a bit and I thought it was going to happen and it didn't that first minute and a half and then there's a timeout and you'd had like three turnovers and they'd gone on a 7-0 run and you came out of that timeout with a 12-0 run and pretty quick you had to go to the bench and I thought that was the biggest part of the game. The bench came in and gave you a really solid stretch and I know You've acquired a new guy, and roles have changed for other guys, but it seems like it's all coming together for the bench group. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think going back, kind of going back to the game, I think um, they play, and we talked about it before the game, we, when you get used to playing against a certain um, style of defense, um, it takes a little while to adjust, and um, for the people that, just watch the games and aren't really understanding what's going on. The, the, the defense that played was extremely different to what we faced all year. So um, it, it takes a second to, to find the reads and, and figure out exactly kind of what we're doing and what we want to attack. And then uh, I think obviously in the second half, we were, we were a lot better at it. And um, yeah, the bench is, I mean, the bench has been huge. JC has been a, obviously a, um, very nice addition. Um, he, he's fit in, obviously great with the guys. He, he, he's a great guy off the court, and um, obviously what he can do on court with that unit, being aggressive and um, kind of just doing, I guess what he's done for his career um, is obviously something that's really helped us. Joe, that game was so exciting that I was screaming, and I've lost my voice this morning. So bear with me, please. But nevertheless. <laughs> I 
that explain you talk about that defense that, that it wasn't really a, a traditional pick and roll with R- Rudy rolling and it's like you were firing passes from 10 feet away and he was going up and dunking it and there was a couple of those can you explain what was going on and how different that was yeah so usually n- not all the time obviously but majority of the the bigs that, that play in the NBA and that we play against um, are kind of dropped all the way under the basket and it's kind of the guard can use the pick and roll and it's kind of two on one against the, the big um, they've obviously with with the, the young guys they've got and the the mobile kind of big guys that they've got they, they put their big all the way up at the point of the pick and roll so when you come off the pick and roll the big guy's standing right in front of you so the um, the backside, the two guys that are on the, the weak side stand in the paint and they try and protect Rudy and then um, either the pass to Rudy or the, the skip pass over the top is the one that's open and then they their defense, the, the one guy who's guarding two takes the first one and the second guy kind of closes out to the to the other guy. So um, I think it's more... We, we saw it in the playoffs against OKC that year with... Um, the year we beat them, they 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 did the same thing that year. Um, it's a more it's a more aggressive. Um, you've got to be you've got to be really good at it to do it. Um, but they, it's aggressive. You're trying to trying to go for steals. Um, it's really it really stops the the first initial action. So usually me and me and Donovan, who probably play the most pick and rolls, would, would be able to come off an action and kind of pick apart the defense depending on the on the style that they're playing. This one makes you um, four, five, six passes before you really get a, a, an open look. So as you solve the defense, you still got to rotate new guys through and keep them French, fresh. And the bench unit uh, ended up every single guy uh, was positive in the plus minus, and I know that stat can be misleading, uh, but still there was something to it yeah. in that game last night. Uh, you know, depending on who you're out there on the floor with and who you have to compete against, you know that 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 stat can get funky. But I thought it was really true and on point that you got a big boost at the end of the third quarter, and actually I thought you were going to win comfortably the way the bench unit played. Yeah, um, I mean personally, I hate the. The plus, plus minus. minus. I just don't think it's um, kind of like you said. It could be so inaccurate, um, and for a, a fan watching, you can go on there and and look. Joe Ingles played twenty eight minutes or whatever, and was minus fifteen. But there's so many other things that, that go on in the game, and um, you might have just subbed in, and they go on a little run, but then like it, and you get taken out. There's so there's so many um, you saw butts about it, but. Um, they, they've been great. I, I think, I think the bench um, unit since I left it has got a lot better. <laughs> um, but they've, we've kind of figured it out along the way. We've figured out guys obviously where they can be aggressive, and like you said, adding um, Jordan now and us figuring out what what he likes to do and where he he can be aggressive and where he's he takes the possession off and and just figuring out his, his style is. Um, has been really good, and like I said, he's he's been a huge impact for us coming off that bench. Yeah, I'm mean, a little nervous, Joe. You got a T. Have you ever been thrown out? Because I thought it might happen. Uh, I was. I think I was trying for a second there. I didn't. I don't want to say I like blanked out with what I said, but I don't remember what I said. But I was so mad that I. Um, 
I need a, I need a, I need to hold my frustrations in a little bit. But I mean, I, I, I thought I clearly got fouled, and they didn't call it. Um, so I was, I was frustrated. But um, my wife's actually listening, driving to the gym right now. She'll be mad that I uh, cost me what twenty five hundred bucks or something. So. Um, she might have to cancel her gym membership for a week or two. Yeah. So I think you can afford it. And with that in mind, what in the world are you doing on the floor making beds? Hire somebody to make them for you. Absolutely not. It's what I've, I've said we were obviously, I, I obviously wanted to do it. Um, a lot of people, all my coaches, the coaching staff, and everyone was like, why don't you just hire, you can like get someone to do all this apps that you can get, like whatever it is. Um, all the store you buy it from, you can pay like 50 bucks or whatever, yep. and they come and do it for you. But um, I think as a as a parent, that's why you, you want to be a parent. You want to do the things for your kids that I remember my family building things for me and, and as you get older and all that, and now that I've obviously got, three and a half year olds building their presents the night before Christmas and stuff like that is something that I get a, a lot of uh, a lot of joy out of doing and Renee and I um, do it all together she was in there as well um, videoing me for a lot of it uh, laughing at me but um, yeah I mean it's just something that to me to me when you decide or you figure out that you're becoming a, a parent um, for me especially it was like well, I, I wanted to do this for so long I try to um, get Renee pregnant for a lot longer than what we've had kids for um, but that's what that's why you do it because you want to have kids you want to do everything for your kids and, and that was a part of it, it was a, a big step in our household going to, to big kid beds and um, just for a side note they've slept amazingly in them um, haven't got out of them yet which is even better Um but I haven't really been home. So Renee's doing all the hard work right now. So I can tell you that I'm at the total opposite end of the spectrum for you. My father-in-law and I, we you played this. You would never build a bed. No. I, can, I know you would never build Absolutely a bed. Absolutely not. We, and actually, it was more on my father-in-law than me because when my, my, fir, my first kid was born, my son was born, my daughter's younger, uh, they decided, my in-laws decided they were going to get us a crib as a gift and went to the store and they offered, like you say, that option where you can pay them you know, a few extra bucks and they, they come do it. And yeah. so my father-in-law does that and we play this silly card game cribbage and we're sitting there playing in the oh. living room and the game, and we had a game on. I don't remember what it was. And we hear the guy thump his hand and yelp in pain. And to his credit, he kept it G-rated, but he probably didn't want to. And my father looked at me without missing a beat and said, "Best twenty bucks I ever spent." And that's funny. That's funny for him and for the guy back there. But like, you're a pro athlete, and seriously. You can't hurt yourself doing any of this stuff. And I've heard stories of NBA players getting up on roofs to hang Christmas lights and coaches going nuts. Like, you're an NBA player. You cannot be up on the roof. I know it's a normal thing to do, but you just can't do it. you probably got, like, 50 things. I was building a bed. I wasn't up on the roof building the bed. But if you, hit your, if, you hit your, if you hit your shooting hand, you shot the ball poorly for a month, one of your first months here, and you told us about it because you messed up the thumb on your shooting hand. You can't do that, Joe. I can tell you right now, and this is the honest truth, there's no way in hell anyone would ever be able to tell me not to do anything for my children. Building a bed, 
if my son said get on the top of the roof and do a forward flip, I'm getting on the roof and doing a forward flip because, <laughs> as a, like I said, as a parent, <clears throat> you do you obviously do anything for your children, and um, that's why I have kids. That's why I wanted kids because I'm going to do everything I can for them. So. If uh, if Miller told me to dress up like Elsa and Renee take a photo of it, then that's what happens. And there's photo evidence of that somewhere in the world. Um, but no, I'm going to continue. I actually did drill my, uh, I think I drilled my thumb a little bit on one of the beds, but it's all good. What do you think Clarkson's fit in so well? Um, I think he's just come in and been himself um, as boring as an answer as that is but for his whole I mean we remember I remember playing against him and our scout against him and um, it was always that he, he was so aggressive offensively that he, he wasn't afraid to, to be aggressive and uh, I think sometimes that gets kind of twisted in with like taking bad shots I don't think he really takes bad shots I think he's he's so aggressive that he, he gets he gets a lot of shots because he is so aggressive Um and that's what we've we've needed. That's what we've missed. That's what our um, kind of second unit was missing with with whoever was out there. One of the starters with like Donovan and, and Jordan are out there together. I think at, at, um, for for a lot of Jordan's time, and um, he, he's just aggressive. That's what he does. I think um, honestly, the more surprising part, I guess, for me was how how locked in and good he is defensively. I, I never knew that playing against him because. He's so focused on what he's doing offensively, but um, he's on the weak side getting steals. He he rebounds well for a guard, and, and like I said, on the ball, he, he's been really good on the ball as well. So, um, yeah, all, all around he's fitted in really well. Like I said, off court, he, he's a great kid. Um, gets on gets on really well with all the guys and, and all that. And I think that's always tough when you come into a, a, a team or, or whatever at whatever point of a trade and you're coming into a group of guys that have known each other for a long time and a group of guys that have just lost two of their teammates um, in the same day and then you, you're bringing in a new guy. I think it could be a pretty tough situation, but he's, um, yeah, he's fitted in really well. Tony Bradley, six points, seven boards. He had an assist. He blocked two shots. That was the best stretch we've seen out of him. Have you seen that kind of stuff in practice, or was it a surprise to you too? No, I've seen. I mean, I've seen Tony do that a lot. I think he's. Um, I said the other day. I think it was a shoot around that. Um, he's he goes in and works hard every day, and um, we always joke with him about like just just. Just go in there and just do your thing. Like you, you're going to get an opportunity. It's going to it's going to come at some point. I don't know if it's this season or, or next week or whatever it is. But there's there's always going to be an opportunity as an NBA player. And as and as cliche as it is, when when that opportunity comes, you've you've got to be ready and, and take it. And um, he was ready. He put in the work. Like I said, we'd seen it in in preseason. We'd seen it in our our private workouts or whatever in the in the summer and. Um, opportunity, and then getting opportunities is one thing, but then taking advantage of it and, and taking advantage of it for a stretch now because I don't know how many games in a row he's kind of played now. It's three or four probably, um, but the more he's out there, you can see the more confident he gets each game. And like you said, I think he got a couple offensive rebounds. He was tipping it out. He um, 
got to the read spot a few times and got to, to, to get a couple of dunks on, on just being in the right position. Um, and I think over time, the more you play, um, that obviously becomes easier and easier. Well, Joe, we appreciate a few minutes, and uh, good luck on the rest of the road trip. And, and you know the drill. Just always try to win before you come on the air. That's, we talk about it constantly. <laughs> I thought you did. Joe, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. No worries. Appreciate it, guys. Joe Ingles, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. A few final thoughts and everything you've been tweeting at us during this show. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Some people want to see the rise of Skywalker, but PK, this morning, your voice sounds like Princess Leia in that suit when she unfreezes Han Solo, combined with Jabba the Hutt and the Emperor. This morning, it's the rise of Canahan. <laughs> PK, your voice has become the single biggest thing about the show. I think we're good right now. That's what I will say. We're good because I want us to keep enjoying this moment. Jeremy tweeted in to me, PK sounds like Matumbo. There was Matumbo. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's good to be on the show. I didn't want to miss it today. We got Ed Orgeron tweets. We got Gary Patterson tweets. And then we got Greg. DJ, are you doing the show with Burgess Meredith? I thought he passed on. <laughs> women weaken these rock. They weaken these. Chase that ticket. All right, uh, we got a lot of uh, jazz tweets. People very excited about the win. Very curious what's going to happen Saturday when they go to Orlando. How long can they stretch this out? Four in a row, nine out of ten, ten out of twelve. The Jazz ten games over five hundred. How quickly can they get to fifteen over five hundred? And then we've also got uh, people love the people. <laughs> <laughs> the people who got to hear Joe Ingles loved it. We now have people tweeting uh, gifts of Joe blowing kisses to the crowd. He did do that. Was that in Charlotte? Where was that? Uh, this one looks like it's at a home game. He's done it multiple times. Uh, yeah, oh, this is definitely a home game. Yeah, I just got a shot of the arena. It's definitely a home game. There's Jazz logo stuff up. All right, we are out of time. PK, heal that voice up for talking sports Sunday night. Watch the NFL playoffs quietly. Okay, I will. <laughs> Thanks, PK. DJ and PK, we're out of here. Tony and Austin are next. We'll see you Sunday night on Talking Sports.